0: You're listening to the Church on the Move Roswell podcast. We hope this message inspires you, encourages you, and challenges you to take your next step with Jesus. Thanks for listening, let's check it out.
1: Praise God. God is so amazing, amen? He's got something really good for you tonight. I want to read a scripture for you real quick. It's out of Ephesians chapter 4 and verses 11 and 12. It says, And he has appointed some with grace to be apostles and some with grace to be prophets and some with grace to be evangelists and some with grace to be pastors and some with grace to be teachers. And their calling is to nurture and prepare all the holy believers to do their own works of ministry. As they do this, they will enlarge and build up the body of Christ. Church family, we know that this is what our pastor does for us day in and day out, week in and week out. We are building the kingdom of God, amen? Amen. A lot of times, though, we have this small picture that is around us of Roswell, New Mexico. Tonight, you're gonna get to see a bigger picture. We have a couple of missionaries with us tonight from China. And what you're about to see is pastor spent some time interviewing them. And so we're gonna check out this interview and then uh, pastor's gonna explain everything else after that. So you'll be hearing from them here in a little bit. So if you would please Turn your attention to the
0: screen. Hi, church family. Um, Listen, you know, most of you know already that I'm out of town. I'm preaching at the Dream Center, which is a a dream come true for me. I've always wanted to to minister there. I've ministered there as a servant, and now I get to be on the platform. So just God is good. And so uh, he makes dreams come true. But I didn't want to miss out on having Pastor Kirk and Jasmine Morrison come to our church. They pastor in Hong Kong, actually, which is uh, part of China. And uh, so I wanted them to come, and I wanted to talk to them. So we're doing a little bit different presentation tonight. Uh, they will actually be there live. Uh, they're, they're with you right now live, and they'll come up and say something uh, during service um, before the service is over. But I wanted to talk to him and I wanted to interview him, And so our great staff, our great team is putting this together for you tonight. So I hope you enjoy uh, the message in the ministry that's going to take place with Pastor Kirk and Jasmine. So guys, welcome to Roswell, Thank you. America. Thank We're so you. glad Thank you're here. You. I know you've been on a whirlwind trip around America yeah. um, and you're newlyweds. So Man, what a great honeymoon. You get to travel everywhere. So where all have you gone? Where all have you ministered to just in the last few months since you've been back in America?
2: Well, it's been a number of different states. And we started in Oklahoma and we went to Missouri first and then went to New Mexico where we met with you and and your brother. And that was just phenomenal. And then after that, we went through Texas all the way over to Florida, went to a couple churches there. Went to some conferences in Georgia and Alabama. Uh, went back to uh, Oklahoma, back to Missouri, and then we're kind of making our way around again and then going back to Texas after this. So you two
0: are newlyweds, and your family didn't, come, didn't get to come to the wedding, so no. you had a little wedding. Where are you from, Pastor Kirk?
2: Well, I'm from Missouri, Springfield.
0: Okay, Springfield. So yeah. in Springfield, you guys had a little get-together, and yeah. your brother had built a venue, you told me, and yeah. he didn't charge you. No. Which is great to get that brother so deal. <laughs> and you guys had a great time. How long have you been
2: married? So it's just a little over two months. So tell Jasmine, you grew up in Hong Kong.
3: Yes, I did. How old
2: were you when you went to Hong Kong?
3: I was eight years old when we moved to Hong Kong.
0: And how old are you now?
3: 28.
0: 28. So for 20 years, <laughs> 20 years. you've lived in Hong Kong. And you're, you're very fluent in the language. They don't speak Mandarin there. They speak a they different speak
3: language. They speak Cantonese Cantonese. Those are the yeah. two major uh,
0: um, languages of, of the Chinese yeah. people. And so you speak fluid Cantonese?
3: I'd say intermediate, it's kind of a lifelong learning process. Because Cantonese has nine tones. So tones. You, you can say a word nine, the same word nine different ways just by the tone mm-hmm. that you use.
0: So give us an example <laughs> of that. Okay. That's wild.
3: So ji and ji, mean two different things. Ju means Lord. Ju means pig. So if I say, me that means praise the Lord. If I say, that's praise the pig.
0: Wow. <laughs> I would be a mess over there. <laughs> <laughs> They'd be like, what did he just say about pigs? I don't, you know, I, that, that's unreal. And so it's all, it's it, the same words, different tone, form different words. That's amazing. Well, I guess when you've been a, Country for thousands of years, he developed those idiosyncrasies that of language, you know. I, so, has it been difficult to learn that?
3: Very. I'm still learning <laughs> it. Do you, do you <laughs> know Mandarin years. too? Do
0: you know any Mandarin as well?
3: No, I focus more on learning Cantonese because that's what the people speak, where we're at. Um, But Mandarin has a lot of similarities, so when we're there, I can pick up a lot of what's going on and everything. But everyone in Hong Kong is required from ages two and up, pretty much. They start learning English, Cantonese, and Mandarin. Wow, so at eight, was
0: it required of you, or did you go to American school? I was
3: homeschooled, so that worked out great for ministry, all the traveling and doing missions work. We just take our school with us.
0: Now, your parents still in Hong Kong?
3: They are. My parents and my whole family, except my oldest brother, uh, was living in mainland China. They can't get back in right now because of COVID and China shutting down. So they're missionaries in Turkey now. They decided to move so there. So I just
0: said, we're gonna, yeah. we're not going to just sit on our hands. We're going <laughs> to nope. go to Turkey. And, yeah. And, and so is that kind of a, a flow of your family, Jasmine, just to be, uh, I mean, obviously it was a call on your parents yeah. to be missionaries. and. It sounds like you. Do you have any more siblings other than you and your brothers, or other mm-hmm. children in the family?
3: I have two older brothers and a younger sister.
0: Is everybody in the missionary field, or yes. doing different things? Everybody's in the everybody, missionary
3: field. Everybody, they're all missionaries, wow. helping pastor the church, just like we are. So, them and their spouses. Mm-hmm. So. Wow! So the mm-hmm. whole
0: family feels that same calling and yes. is acting on that. Everybody overseas, everybody somewhere other than the United States. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Wow. I salute your family. What a great heritage you yeah. have! And so, Pastor Kirk, how did you come into this picture of this missionary family? Jasmine's living in Hong Kong. Did you see a picture of her or something and go to Hong Kong?
2: So I want to marry yes. this girl. How'd this well, work? Well, I did. I <laughs> Is did that see exactly what happened? What
0: happened. <laughs> <laughs> I was guessing,
2: but that's that's not why I went. Oh come on, Pastor Kirk. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I mean it's a pretty good reason. Uh, so it was after I graduated from Bible school. I went to Rhema and Broken an Arrow. Okay. And I had a map of the entire globe. And I had it in my heart. I don't even know how I got there. It must have been God. But uh, to just pray every single day, an hour, one country at a time wow. over this map. And I started with the United States. And I worked Thank my way you. through. <laughs> yeah, and, and I was very diligent. And just going through every single country, one country at a time. And I came to China. And God had called me into the ministry. I remember the first time I knew, I was four years old. But, you know, I forgot <laughs> until I was 17. <laughs> and, but God, you know, he reached me where I was at. And I ended up going into Bible school, which I never thought was a possibility. I even laughed at the idea. Uh, but... God put yeah. me in Bible school. Many
0: of us have <laughs> laughed
2: <laughs> yeah. where,
0: we're, where we're supposed to be. Right.
2: Yeah. right. And, well, when I came to praying over China, I put my hand on it. And I felt something down here. It was different than all the rest of the countries. I loved the entire earth and everyone on it, you know. But when I put my hand on China, I was like, wow, this is different. And you know, I prayed. And then the next day, I went to go to, like, India or something. I moved my hand to the next country. And I, I, couldn't, even, I couldn't pray anymore. I was just like, I want to pray for China. And that happened every single day to where, like, I was only praying for China after that. Wow. And after six months, I was getting my passport for the first time. I was figuring out what you needed to do to go to China. And it all worked out. And I ended up going to China for two months, taught English in the mainland,
0: so you went there to teach English. You have a degree in
2: Well, I just English? graduated from Bible school, oh. and I, was, I believed God for a connection.
0: So you got a connection to somebody teaching school? Yeah. So did you end up on the mainland or in Hong Kong?
2: Well, I was in the mainland.
0: And most people, if you don't understand, look. you can Google it, look it up on the map. Hong Kong is like an island off the coast of China. It's right. It's close. Mm-hmm. It's very close to, to mainland China, but it's just a little off the coast of right. China.
2: Yeah, and it's, it's amazing because someone had handed me their business card. And, uh, of course, she was a kid on the business card. But, I, you know, I was like, huh, there's a, you know, I didn't think too much about it. And, but I asked God if that's where he wanted me to connect with, and he said no. So I put the card away, and, and I still – I actually – we found it the other day. This, wow. This, this business card that I was handed. But it's interesting, because sometimes God will say no to something. Not because that's not his will, but it's not the right time. So I went to teach English there, and I taught English for two months, came back to the U.S., got connected with a church in the U.S., went on a second missions trip a couple years later. Uh, So maybe like five years later after that. And... I was visiting Oklahoma, met her older brother, this was before the missions trip, and he handed me the same business card, but updated. Updated pictures. Updated pictures. And I saw her on it, I was like, huh. But, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he <laughs>
3: said he knew. Yeah, he saw I, it, he knew. That's I'm, my wife.
2: Yeah, so there's we have a whole story about uh, our, you know, yeah Uh, marriage and finding each other and all of that
0: you know i just want to say something you know so many people that are single grapple with you know where's my spouse and where man you know what god moved me all the way from clovis new mexico to tulsa oklahoma had my brother officiated a basketball court in bixby oklahoma and he met my wife um, and he said hey would you like to date my brother and see It's amazing when you just trust God and you keep doing what he's called you to do, how he'll bring people into your life. He'll direct you and all the way over from Missouri to Oklahoma to to Hong Kong to China, you know, there's your husband and there's your wife. I I think that's amazing. Uh, God just, he just knows how to make those connections. You don't have to fret about it or worry about it. Just trust him. He'll supply So anyway, so you get to Hong Kong through this other group. Is it a missionaries
2: group? No. So I went there. I just had the business card. God told me to go. Okay. So that's all I need is God to tell me to go. And there was a two-week missions trip. And I was the only person who had come from the United States to go on that one. But they were going to go on this missions trip anyway. So I flew there. And it was amazing, miraculous. And God just supernaturally did provided things along the way and got me there, and, and when God put it on my heart to go back on the missions field, to go full-time, I thought about what her dad had said to me before I left. He said, Kirk, if, if you ever want to come and serve under this ministry, the door is open. You let me know. He said that 2011. Yeah. So did you
0: contact him and said, hey,
2: yes so I, I want
0: to come. I d- want to
2: come and serve. During that whole time I was waiting on God. There's, there's times that you wait for God to tell you to do things, and there's times when you need to pursue what he's told you to do. And I knew at that, that particular season, he had told me to serve at church and to wait until he gave me the go-ahead to go into full-time ministry. So that's exactly what I did. And 2019 came, he told me to go, um, and I, was, I had just become a truck driver, and I was driving a truck on the road, and Saving up money, and that's when God told me to go. Good money. It is good money, especially if you save it. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, you don't spend it. Yeah, that's that's the key. Don't spend it all. Yeah, and connected with their ministry and said, hey, I want to come out and serve. And they were like, yeah, but they didn't really believe it, you know, because most of the people that do say they're going to go on the missions field or do want to intern or do want to do something that you have to travel across the world to do It doesn't, they don't follow through. Uh, But I followed through and got there in 2021. So last year in August. So it took two full years after God said, okay, now go. It took two full years just to get there.
0: Wow. Yeah. Just all the, just figuring out how to get there, what you're going to do when you get there. I know living, cost of living there. You told me is astronomical. What is it? What is a little? Tell me what the housing is in Hong Kong. Just tell me a little bit about how much square <laughs> footage you get for the money that you spend.
3: Yeah. So, like in a, a decent location, like close to the city, you can get an apartment for two hundred square feet that costs one to two thousand U.S. dollars at least monthly. Um, so I don't
0: know if you heard her. 200 square feet, (laughs) one to two thousand, probably fifteen hundred to two thousand dollars a month Mm -hmm. close to the city.
3: Yeah, that's not even in the central location. And we're living kind of outside the city, Mm -hmm. and it's going to cost about two thousand a month, but it's uh, seven hundred square feet. So we got it a little bit better. You
0: got a great deal. Yeah, praise God. That sounds like a God deal. (laughs) Yeah, you got seven hundred square feet. That's pretty amazing. For that amount, that's crazy, but I know people are just stacked on top of each other in Hong Kong. What's the main uh, religion of of the people in Hong Kong?
2: No religion? Are they communists? There's atheism, Buddhism, and Taoism. Those are the main three. And the more Chinese influence, the more from mainland Chinese, Chinese influence and communistic influence, the more it moves towards atheism and they're, they're teaching that in the schools now. And they teach it across mainland China. They want everyone to be communist atheist yeah. because they, the government has the most control that way. And so
0: if you don't know a lot about communism, um, it's founded on God is dead because then people serve the government and the government basically becomes God. And so that's how Satan twisted all of that to try to make it sound like a good idea that we all take care of each other. You know, we all, it just sounds like this nirvana system, but it ends up being very oppressive and very evil because they deny the very existence of God. And so now, if you don't know, Hong Kong was under British rule for a long time, and they had a contract with China. That contract expired, and they turned Hong Kong back over to China, and now you guys are living in a different place then probably when you went there. Is yes. that right, Jasmine?
3: Yeah, it started to change starting 2019 when there's a bunch of protests and then COVID happened that shut down all the protests. But then during that time, China used it as an opportunity to instill a law, which they call the NSL, the national security law, which means that anything that threatens the national security of China that they can put a stop to. So they've actually arrested thousands of people in Hong Kong who were involved in the protests or shut down free press, news agencies, um, and they're starting to just keep tabs on things, which means we have to be careful. What we say in churches, mostly politically, thankfully religious freedom hasn't been touched. I mean, at the beginning, we didn't know. It's like, what's going to happen?
0: In mainland China, they don't, I know they're, what they've done to Christians for years in mainland China in prison, kill, um, uh, intern camps, concentration camps, and they're doing that to the Muslims as well. There, uh, are are they, have you hearing rumors? Are they bringing that to Hong Kong too? Or if you espouse anything other than atheism, is, that a, is it legal to be a Christian in Hong Kong?
3: Currently, yes. It is legal.
0: Still legal. Mm-hmm. So, there's, so how, how, what's the percentage of people that practice Hinduism or Taoism or Christianity in Hong Kong?
2: Christianity is between like 5 and 7% okay. in Hong Kong. So it's 93% Harvest Field. Wow. Yeah.
0: And so, t- okay, I got I to transition over this. So we got a little bit of your story. So you go to help Dad because mm-hmm. you, you, you saw a picture of a girl. And so... <laughs> And so, but you go, you get called, you called called to go to Mm -hmm. Hong Kong, you meet Jasmine, you guys get married, so, and you're serving in the, uh, is there a church there, your parents Mm -hmm. have established a church, Mm -hmm. and you have a church now. Yeah. Uh, What do you do at the church, Pastor Kirk, and what do do you do, Jasmine, what do you guys do actually at the church?
2: We help in all aspects of the ministry. So, like, anything that Pastor Steve and Charmin need, uh, we're there to help out. Right now, I'm over all the production, we're over youth we're over the small groups. Uh, she's the head of all the small group ministries.
3: Interns and missions as well. Mm-hmm.
0: Interns right. <laughs> and missions as well? Right. Wow, do you have a lot of interns and people that want to be
3: missionaries? We are working on it because <laughs> that is part of our mm-hmm. vision. And our my dad's vision, Pastor Steve, he sees it where we can... Hong Kong is a unique city right now because it's a free city it's free to be a christian you're not going to be put in prison and the hong kong chinese people speak mandarin they speak cantonese they can get around in china a lot easier than we could
0: so you want to start preparing so and i always thought it's better because like when we do our missions in mexico we support the pastors there that are yeah. from there speak the language mm-hmm. involved immersed in the culture raised in the culture they're they're Mexican nationals. I've always thought it's better to send them out if possible yes. because it's 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 someone that they can identify with at every level to yeah. connect with.
3: Yeah, that's so true. And so that's exactly what we're doing is raising up Hong Kong Chinese people to be leaders and missionaries. The thought of being in ministry is so foreign to them. They will receive so much criticism and condemnation from their family for pursuing any kind of, even if it was just a a non-Christian, non-profit type of organization, it's like, why would you want to do that? Because you're not making money. Everything in Hong Kong revolves around money. It kind of has to because it's that expensive there. But it truly is the God, and they instill it at young ages. Two-year-olds will be sent to school to get higher degrees when they're 18, but they'll start at 2 by going to school all day until like 10 p.m. at night, every day. and that's, So they start at like
0: early in the morning, go to 10 p.m. Yes. at
3: night, 2-year-olds? and that's, that's
0: how much they invest in education and knowledge because they want them to be, right. make money and be successful.
3: Exactly. So the thought of like, oh, I'm just going to go work for a church or follow God is like what? like That doesn't even make sense to them. But it's happening. We've had four, five youth interns now at the Mm -hmm. church that are realizing that there's more to life than money. And they've been interning with us all summer and it was so great because we weren't there. So they were actually upholding a lot of the responsibilities we had. And that was really cool to see that happen and seeing the fruit of years of work in them. Like, those youth we started when they were eight, but it takes time. Eight years old, they're growing up, hearing God's Word, and then they start to make their own choices. Of Like, I want to live for God. And we also had young adult interns and volunteers who work part-time in the church. So, and they're all locals, and yes, they are getting that call. Realizing we've had people get saved in the church and say, I think I want to be a pastor. And we're like, praise God, we can help you. Because
0: we say that here, and it's kind of a noble profession here. Mm. I, I still believe it is in America. And people don't think you're crazy. I mean, my dad thought we were crazy, but he was an agnostic at best at the time. So he's like, that just doesn't make any sense to him. But, but I get if the whole culture thinks that, what a, what a stand they have to take yeah. in order to say, I'm going to go in the ministry. I mean, I'm sure they get tons of pressure from their families who have probably invested a lot in them, and now they're not gonna use what they invested, and they're gonna go follow a God that the family doesn't know. And, and that concept of even doing, you said, even doing like work in a nonprofit is just, it's totally foreign to the culture. Yeah. Wow. Yes. Wow, what a step. I can see why you'd have to invest for years into them to, for them to finally start hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit for themselves yeah. and, and feel that call, feel that pull. To go do something to tell their own people about Jesus, what what a what courage it takes on their part. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. So what's the vision? What's you know we're gonna we're gonna give you guys an offering because I believe in in missions. Uh, my heart goes out. Uh, it's f- it's so interesting that I would meet you, Pastor Kirk, you and Jasmine at Forged, um, because man, my heart. I'm, a, I'm, I'm my, my degrees in political science. I've always had a heart for people under the thumb and rule of communism. And then when I became a, that was always, I was always that way before I was a Christian. Then when I became a Christian and realized the persecution of the church and how, many, how much blood has been spilled of martyrs in mainland China uh, since before World War I. I mean, we've had missionaries from the 1800s going to China, uh, 1700s uh, preaching the gospel. Um, and people dying and being put to death and imprisoned. It's been pretty amazing um, what has happened and what it's cost just to tell people about Jesus in China. So I salute you both for your commitment and your family, uh, for their commitment, all your brothers and sisters. Uh, tell us what the vision is. I know you just shared a little bit of it. Um, for the local church there that you, that you guys pastor, what, how is that? How, how do you tell people about Jesus Are you able to proselytize, like on the street or do any of that? Is that still legal? Are you on the radio? I mean, how do you get the word out?
2: Well, the biggest thing is Google. Everybody's... So people find us on Google, and that's how they get into the church. We use programs like the Children's Ministry, which is Mm -hmm. top-notch.
3: In Hong Kong... Everybody wants to learn English. It's the money language. Oh, ah, I
0: got it. So the money language. Like, hey. Did you hear that? It's the money language.
3: Yeah. We teach English at our church. And it's free. <laughs> and it's free. Wow. So they'll come so, to church.
0: So free, that speaks yeah. volumes. Yeah. yeah. And English. Yes. Yeah. So the two money languages, free and, then and then English. Children. And children. Yep. Yeah. That's three. Three of the, mm-hmm. three of the, so they, that's how they find the church. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: That's and the then, number one way. And then through the local body bringing in church members. Like, there's one church member that's brought, like, 20 people. Mm -hmm. Wow. And gotten them into the church. So it's when when you really touch someone's life, they become your evangelist. Oh, yeah. Uh, So there's, there's so many different ways to reach Hong Kong. But you talked about vision. The overall vision is to take our church and reproduce it. So we don't need the biggest church, but we need lots of churches. And we know that Hong Kong is such a big city, it's hard to get around. So we make it convenient for people to find the location gotcha. and come into the location, raise up leaders to be able to reproduce what we're doing, and then have satellite churches throughout Hong Kong. And then the long-term goal is raising up leaders, like Jasmine talked about. It's like we know China, it's huge. There's, it's the largest field in, in the whole world of souls. There's, there's over a billion unsaved people in China. There's more children in China than there are people in the United States. And they so desperately need Jesus. And so how do two people, or a few family members, or one, how does one church reach a billion people who need Jesus? They don't. They raise up leaders and then send them.
0: So you guys have a leadership school where you teach leaders how to be leaders and how to, how to operate in the body of Christ and how to reach people and how to just do church.
2: Yeah, our internship program is designed to do just that. To take a church member and move them step by step further into their calling. And we have one guy, um, his name is Ivan. He started going to the church because his girlfriend... Yeah, uh, she serving in the church, you know, funny Chasing how girls. Works, right? <laughs> You'll end but, up in Hong
0: Kong at a church. <laughs> yeah,
2: and, but God, he, he knows things before they happen. Oh, he sure puts he people in, in the right place. And so he started coming to our small group initially before even coming to church. And he would just hang on the small group. It was through Zoom because it was during COVID. And we would see him and we'd just be walking down the street. He have his, you know, and you'd see the buildings pass by and... He had his earbuds in just as he was walking down. And But he would listen. You paid attention. And as he began to get more connected in the small group, we began to see him grow. And then as we saw these things, we kind of took him under our wing and said, okay, let's let's get you plugged in. Let's get you serving in the ministry. And then moving him into being uh, on the internship side of things. And right now he's helping girlfriend with the youth as, as we're out like he's he's grown so much to the point to where we're able to put him in leadership positions but he had told us before we left that he felt like he was called to be a pastor wow and that's exactly what we want we want to you need we you need to duplicate yourselves yeah. right
3: yeah and he came into the church not knowing anything mm-hmm. about god
2: Nothing. so
0: tell me about that you know we most people in america know something They, you know, most, uh, uh, this newer generation, younger generation, some of them have never been in a church, which is unusual for our country, but most people know something. So what is it like for Ivan? Tell me his conversion, his salvation story, when he got it, when he accepted Jesus Christ as the Lord, what was that moment like?
2: Wow. Well, it's like a blank slate because we don't realize it but here in in the United States we have a Christian culture and it's so influenced for hundreds of years and even in other Western societies it's so influenced by Christianity our very culture has all of these influences in it and it carries on in everything that we do throughout the whole day well it's not like that in China they don't have the all of the influence from everything that, that's taken place with Christianity because it's, it's not there, it's non-existent. So you take somebody like that and you lead them to the Lord and they're not only do they not know anything about God, they don't know anything about the Word, but they don't know anything about Christianity and the culture and the way that you operate. So when he, when, uh,
0: let's just take Ivan for example. So when Ivan received Jesus Christ as the Lord of his life, what's a, what's a Chinese person not living in a Christian culture, go home and tell his family. What's he What's he do with that? I mean, is it just like it is here? Like for me, I got saved. I wanted to tell everybody, man. I I, I just, I got saved. I was born again. I knew it. I was different. I, I could tell. I could feel it. I could, I mean, everything about it, no one can take that away from me. And I wanted to tell everybody, but, what, but at least the people I told had some reference, um, what does he do? How does he go home and tell people have no reference to that? What that? Hey, I got born again. I mean, I accepted Jesus Christ as the Lord. They don't even know who Jesus Christ is. I mean, so tell me what that what what's that like for the people that receive Jesus? There, yeah,
3: a lot of them go home tell their families, and their families stare at them like they're crazy, and they're like either met with a little bit of persecution or they like their parents could care less. Like, okay, just like, just okay, whatever. do what you want, yeah. A lot of the older generation is in Buddhism, and they have the Buddhist idol in their house. Most all the young adults I know and youth are experiencing that. So they go home and they tell their parents, parents don't care or don't like it. But we have seen that they stay consistent 10 years in, Parents cannot deny the change they've seen in their kids' lives. And we've had, there's family with five kids, which is super rare in Hong Kong, (laughs) the tiny house they live in, they have five kids. But one by one, each kid gave their life to Jesus. And it has greatly impacted the mom and the dad's life and now their relatives are starting to come to the church because they, like, they have to see. They have to come see. Like
0: what is it? Yeah. It's the same everywhere, right? Yeah. Like you said, Pastor Kirk, the, the power of God changes a life, and they and no one can deny it. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, they just can't deny it. I don't know about you guys, but right now, I just got, you know, I just call them Holy Ghost Goosebumps, man, whatever <laughs> that is. I don't know what that is, but, you know, just a sense of the Spirit of God that that's, He's so powerful. His truth is so powerful that with someone with no frame of reference still accepts and then people see the power of God in people's lives. It's the same everywhere. You know, it's the same experience, just different probably in the response they get from their families. Uh, And it probably takes longer for them to witness that change before they start to say, wow, there's, you know, and I can't imagine when, when money is your God, And I know that suicide's huge in the Orient. I know that uh, just depression is huge in the Orient. Um, That it's just, there's some huge oppressive spirits, especially with all the false religion, the idol worship, the atheism. I mean, you're combining every evil thing together in one pot. Um, So what is the overall demeanor of the people? Um, Because along with that comes some honor, some respect, some of the other cultural things that they mix in that are good from their culture. What, what is the overall, what, what is it like living there and dealing with the culture that's so ingrained in all this idol worship and just being planted in this huge melting pot of demonic activity, you yeah. know? And yeah. So what's that like, Pastor Kurt, to just show up there? And is it, are you just, go ahead, man, you tell me what you feel like, what it's like to. Well,
2: it, you, you walk around. Like, you, you just have your normal day where you're walking somewhere and you see there's no light. And people, you, like we were talking today, there they are homeless people walking on, on the street. They look, you know, they, you can see that they need life. They're, they're, lo- they're alone, they're depressed, they're out of it. It's like that everywhere in Hong Kong. They're not homeless, but they're, so, they're in such a state of not being aware of anything around them. They're so zoned in on just themselves. You can see it on their face, they're just like looking down like this, going about their day, and it's a, a, de- a dead life. And so many people, they, they don't know why they're hurting so much. They don't know where to look. Mm-hmm. They don't know what the answer is. So Wow, so you're around millions of hopeless
0: people.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah,
0: Their spirits are dead. Mm-hmm. Their souls are dying, they, mm-hmm. they've, they've, they've reached for money, and even those that have gotten it.
2: They work all day, and they've gone to school their whole lives to where they work the entire time in school. And what's, then, a, what's a work day in Hong Kong? How long is it?
3: Wow, like anywhere from eight to 10. Mostly. Eight in the morning,
2: 10 at night, every,
0: seven yeah, days a week. They
3: all have to OT. Uh, over, they all work overtime until at least eight, nine p.m. We have to have our leader, church leadership calls at 10 or 9 p.m. at night just to get anybody to show up, because they're, they're still at work.
2: And if they have a day off, there's only one, and it'd be on Sunday. A lot of people work seven days a week. Most work six. Uh, so they're so busy, and it's like that their whole lives. And they have this hope that if I go to school, if I work really hard in school, and Get, become successful, have a good career, then I'll make a lot of money, and if I have a good job and make a lot of money, I can be rich, and then I'll be happy. I mean, it's just Satan's lies, but that's what all of their thinking is, and they, that's how they live their lives, and then they become a young adult, and they're miserable, and a lot, so many people jump, just jump out of a building in Hong Kong, They just, because They've kind of that point in their life that there's no way out. They've done everything they were supposed to do. They did everything they were told to do, but they didn't find any fulfillment.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow, and that's, that's kind of the whole, that's kind of the whole culture of all the Orient. That whole kind of thi- that whole process, that whole thought process. And that's why there's so much depression and suicide in uh, Japan, China, Taiwan, Korea. Um, it, it, it's really amazing. Now, Korea, South Korea, has a lot of Christianity in it. Uh, it's exploded there. One of the largest churches in the world, Paul Yonggi Cho's church in Seoul, South Korea, uh, was, was I don't know if it still is the largest church in the world. So there's a lot of Christianity there. And we are told by statistics that China is actually one of the largest Christian nations in the world. Mainland China, uh, even though it's not a, huge, it's bigger than the population of the United States, is that accurate? That there's 300 million Christians in mainland China?
2: I've read statistics, and some of them do say that, but there's hundreds of millions that have never even heard the name of Jesus in China. They haven't even heard yeah. it oh once. Oh, yeah, it
0: still leaves one point. If there's 300 million, it still leaves mm-hmm. about 1.1 billion people that don't know anything about him.
2: Yeah. And there is Christianity Actually, there.
0: more than that, 1.3 billion
2: and there's, a, there's an above-ground church, which is government-sanctioned. Got it. Good and controlled. And they have a different doctrine. Wow. They, they have Bibles.
3: They rewrote the with, Bibles. They've
2: rewritten them. it with communism. Wow. So you don't, they, they say, hey, there's this many Christians. But the truth is, we don't know if that's anywhere close. to Because there's the above-ground
0: church, and then there's the underground church of the real Christians.
2: The real Christians. And that being said, uh, the latest statistic I have is there's only like 100 million Bibles over there. I, I don't know. Well,
3: Sorry. Yeah. I didn't check so out That's about, that. about right. Yeah. yeah. About yeah, 100, 100, million. 100
2: million Bibles. Just think about that. You have 1.45 billion people, but only 100 million Bibles. And a lot of those Bibles are not even the real thing. Yeah, they're false. Wow.
0: So okay, Pastor Kirk, Jasmine, I want you to talk directly to Church on the Move. You'll have an opportunity when you get there, uh, when you're there Wednesday night too, to say something to our people. But talk about why we should invest and, you know, it's obvious to me why we should sow into this ministry. Um, But just share from your heart.
2: Well, China is has the most unreached people in it out of any people group in the entire world. There's more unreached people there in China than anywhere else. And out of every 71 missionaries that are sent out into the world only one goes to China. China has completely blocked the Bible from being downloaded on the internet. It doesn't allow it to cross into the border. They've rewritten the Bible to their own liking and communist doctrine and that's the only thing that's available to people who even want it. It's illegal to preach the gospel there. They put up so many roadblocks to stop Christianity. But we know that it's God's power and God's ability and God's love for this nation that it can be reached. So we're gonna do absolutely everything we possibly can to reach this generation we know that it's it's not even just reaching China but it's reaching this generation in China because if we don't no one else will if God doesn't use us who can he use so few people go so, people, so few people say yes but the ones that do they need help and they need to go into China with strength and it's The strength that comes from support that gives people like me and Jasmine and Jasmine's family and and the other pastors and missionaries there in China. That's what gives us the strength to go. And, go ahead.
3: It's not just money, it's prayer. It's that backing of Mm -hmm. knowing you're not just out there alone hoping that you know everything works out but like there there's like an army it's an army of God's it's the church of God the family that is connected and supporting you my dad always says it's we take prayer over money any day <laughs> like prayer is what will keep us there and open door so that we can continue to do the ministry there so we are blown away by being able to be connected with mm-hmm. this church on the move and you Pastor Troy and like, this is exactly what we need. Like, more in, for the churches in the United States to see God's heart for the whole world. And it's not just China, but like doing missions outside of where only we're at. It's so important to do missions here. But I believe you can't effectively do missionary, mission work right where you're at without having God's big heart for the world. Because then when you know how great God's love is for all the people in China, it's like, I want to go outside and witness to my neighbor next door. It motivates us into action. And so we see ourselves as just one small part of the puzzle. Like, we can't do anything without you guys here and support here that moves us into action. So it's not like we're doing everything And you guys are just here. But no, it's like you guys are the ones doing the work there, 100%. And so we're just honored to be in this position, this place we're at, doing what we get to do, and being able to share God's vision in His heart for China and Hong Kong.
0: Church family, I I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, I know I did. It touched my heart. There's probably three or four times. I just wanted to... uh, you know, lost people, golly, they, they, it's emotional to me. It's emotional to me because I was lost. Many of you are lost. And if someone wouldn't have come and told me about Jesus, I would have died in that. And I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't have gone to heaven. I would have gone to hell. And it's a life-saving effort. That's why I'm forever grateful for the two people that told me about Jesus. I'll be forever grateful that they came to, to my small town and told me about Jesus and guys, uh, you know we we most of our focus is in Mexico. Uh, we're called there, but when I met Pastor Kirk and, Kirk and Jasmine, man, there was something about them that was so genuine that I just wanted to bring them here and introduce them to you. Uh, and so they're going to get up and for a moment and talk with Pastor Sean and and conclude this service. But I want you to really consider starting right now as a church. We're going to sow into this ministry before they go. I want to ask you, we don't take up many offerings. Matter of fact, I don't remember the last time I, we took up a special offering. Um, but for them, I, I, I want to do that for Pastor for Kirk and Jasmine and their families and the church there and the people that of China. Uh, I want to invest in them. And so, man, consider right now, start praying about now, right now about what you would give. You can give online. I'm sure they'll give some directions for that to give online to them. We'll make sure every dime of it goes to them. And uh, man, just just pray about that and think about that and and let God God speak to you about it. Anyway, listen, church family, I love you. I'll be back on Sunday. Uh, I know you'll take great care of Pastor Kirk and Jasmine because uh, that's what the people of Church on the Move do. Listen, I love you guys. God bless you. And I'm sure right about now, Pastor Sean and Pastor Kirk and Jasmine are about to get on the stage. Have a great evening.
1: Pastor Kirk and Jasmine. It's the hospitality of Church on the Move. Our pastor has uh, developed this culture here, and it's pretty incredible. You can be seated. You know, as the ushers get ready to come up and go ahead and receive that offering, uh, you know, Pastor Troy has taught us to have a great appreciation for, for God's, uh, for his family, for the church, mm-hmm. through what his word says. One of the things that he always says is that there's nothing more beautiful than when the body of Christ works together. And he's told us that so many times that it's just kind of part of our fabric. And we have an opportunity right now, church family, uh, and we will be giving also on every platform. So if you're like, oh man, I don't have cash, I'm not a cash carrier, it's okay. All four ways to give that are on the screen behind me right now, those are available to you. We have set it up. Every penny that we receive for them will go to them. And so please don't think anything else. That's how Church on the Move operates. But you know, Pastor's given us an opportunity through his relationship with you guys to really make a difference around the world in a country that our thumbprint hasn't got to be on yet, but we have an opportunity to do that right now. And with all that being said, I'm going to turn it over to Pastor Kirk and Jasmine, and uh, they're just going to minister to you for a couple of minutes. We're almost done, so don't think that they're going to go another hour. Uh, so Pastor, Pastor Kirk, the floor is yours, man.
2: Well, thank you so much, Pastor Sean. And we thank Pastor Troy and the whole church here. Since the moment uh, I reached out to Pastor Troy, well, even before that, because he invited us to come, we've been shown nothing but hospitality. And Big Jim and and Ariana and Brianna. You guys are amazing. This whole church is amazing. And you guys are doing wonderful things here in, in New Mexico. Do not underestimate what one person can do, and what one church can do, and what you can do. You can change one person's life, you can change their soul and you can do that many times over, there's people in your life right now that God sent you to reach. There's people in your home, there's people in your workplace. If you go to school, there's people there. There are people all around this city that need Jesus. And that's why we are here. We're here not because we're good people. Jasmine and I didn't wake up one day and decided, oh yeah, you know, we wanna be missionaries to China and reach the lost. No, the the reason why we're in China, the reason why we're in Hong Kong is because Jesus rescued us. And for myself, Jesus, he rescued me. Like I said on the video, I knew I was called when I was four and then I forgot about it. I did, I forgot about it. And I became an expert at sin. But God reached me when I was 17 years old. He delivered me from sin. He delivered me from addiction He delivered me from pornography. He delivered me from all the things that many of you guys have struggled with. And maybe you're struggling with those things right now. Maybe you once knew God like I did when I was four. I knew Jesus, I accepted him into my life. But you forgot, or maybe you thought, oh, you know, I can can put him over there in this closet and I'll just live my life the way I want to. God has so much better for you than that. There is no life that you could live that compares to the life that God has for you. And I'm not talking about a life of money and riches and fame or all that kind of stuff that the world wants. I'm talking about a real life Life and life starts when you have a relationship with God. God created us to fellowship with Him, He is that peace in your heart that you need. Without Him, you're completely empty, there is no drug, or other person, or sin or money, or anything that can fill that void. And even right now, if you've drifted from God, even just a little bit, even if you're like, oh, well, last month or last week I was fine, but right now, God can heal that. God can deliver you from that. He wants every single part of your heart. And that is the key to being fulfilled is when you fully surrender, when you fully give your heart to Jesus, when you say, God, take every bit of me, take every part of my heart, have every part of me. When you surrender to him and say, God, I give you my life. He gives you life. So right now, we're going to pray a prayer. And everyone, close your eyes. Bow your head. If that speaks to you, if you say, you know, I knew God once, and I've drifted. Or maybe you've never known God. Maybe you've never had a relationship with him. Or maybe there is sin in your life and you're tired of struggling with that sin and you want Jesus to set you free. If that is you, then raise your hand right now and be bold. Wow, I see those hands. There's so many right now. And if you want to join those hands, there's still time, still opportunity. All right, as a church family, let's pray this prayer together. Every single person, every single person here, let's pray this together. Say, Jesus, I believe in you. Jesus, I give my heart to you. Forgive me. Wash me of my sin. I surrender every part of my heart and deliver me from every chain. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thanks for listening today. If you'd like to find out more about Church on the Move, like our
0: service times, or how you can connect with us, you can visit cotmroswell.com dot com